so this morning is our third week in our series about connecting with the Almighty and um, last two have been, have been about stillness and prayer and today we, we hit fasting. Fasting is, sim- is put simply the, the, the intentional abstaining of food, I, I guess, for, for, for a better or closer connection with God, which, which, let's be honest, makes absolutely no sense in our world. It, it just doesn't. Like we, we, our, our culture runs on a couple of things, and they're, they're, pretty much, they're pretty much consumerism or choice. We live in the, in the days of, just as, a, just as an observation, of, of, of Amazon and Catch of the Day and, and, and all those places where we've got this, you've got your selection at the push of a button. Okay, well, you, can, we can, you can have, have whatever you... We haven't, we haven't got the, the Uber Eats thing here, which is probably a good thing, let me just, let me just say. And if we don't... If it's not going to be at our house in, at some point in the next day, we, get, we, we now get reminding, reminder trackers things every four hours telling us how far closer it's got. All right? So, so, so fasting or intentionally going without just makes no sense in the world in which we live. It's, it's going to be a radical idea, regardless of who talks about it. Now, fa- fasting is, uh, most, most commonly, it is a private thing between, between us and God. But there are occasions where it's a corporate thing. Uh, we have, the, in the Bible, the, the Day of Atonement is one. Uh, the, the passage that Amanda didn't read before, which maybe we should have read, uh, in Second Chronicles, was it was a time when Jehoshaphat is surrounded by this army, and he knows nothing else apart from just to stop and pray and fast and wait on God. You've got Queen Esther uh, going before the king, and she asks the people to fast and pray for a couple of days before she does. You've got Acts 15, where where the uh, I think it's maybe it's Acts 13. Oh man, uh, that's a that's a fail for a pastor, right? If I can't pull that one off. Um, the church are praying and fasting, and the Holy Spirit lays on, lays on them to, to, to send Paul and Barnabas. And that's the result of fasting. So often, often these, I guess, these corporate uh, fasting events are more, are, are more based on like a significant need, or, the, or there's a pressing need, uh, a significant emergency. In, uh, in the book that we're, that we're reading through, for, for some of those who are reading, uh, Foster's talking about in, in 1756, the French were threatening to invade Britain. And the king, the king ordered a day of prayer and fasting for the, for the nation of Britain. And the guy who's, whose name appears on our church, um, Wesley, said, the day of fasting in London was a glorious day. Every church was full with a sense of seriousness on every face. Humility later turned to rejoicing as the invasion was averted. Um, by the way, Wesley did advocate for a, for a fasting twice a week on Wednesday, Wednesday and Friday. Uh, and apparently he refused to ordain ministers who didn't go along with that. So I'm fairly sure he wouldn't have hired me. And um, although in, it, in my previous church, in, in honesty, we, we, did, we, did, we, we did as a staff fast Wednesdays. That was, that was just our, our practice. Nobody knew about it. You, you guys do. Um, but we, I never knew about the Friday, so I, I fail. Now having, having said all that, I guess the, the, the Bible doesn't necessarily spell out any specific commands on, on fasting. So, so it, 
you might think, you know what, maybe it's one of those things that I can just, I can just avoid. And, and I guess my response would be, I'm just not so, so sure we can, we can do that. In all the passages, fasting is assumed to be a natural and normal practice for, for, the, for the people of God. It's, it's another spiritual discipline. Um, but but here's, here's my point. It, it should never surprise us as God's people. It should never surprise us that at different times of our life, God invites us to regularly put aside and ignore the, the optional stuff so we can have more of him. I think I wrote it, wrote it different, differently up on the, up on the whiteboard. <laughs> It shouldn't surprise us that at different times God has invites us to regularly ignore the everyday optional stuff so we can embrace more of the essential. That, that, shouldn't, be, that shouldn't be a radical idea. Now, I'm convinced that he, put, that, that he invites us far more, of, far more often than we think to do it and we maybe just don't notice. So even though fasting, I guess, is the practical example, there are a lot of other things, I guess, by application that probably fill our lives from time to time that God invites us to leave behind. That The applications are endless, and I'll let you figure them out for yourself. But I guess my first observation is that fasting is meant to be a faith-building exercise that builds our dependence on God, and that shouldn't be unusual. The passage begins if you noticed it, with the words, when you fast, not if. Okay, so, so, in this, so in this wider context, Jesus puts fasting alongside other things like prayer and giving that are just natural. Oh, I haven't got there yet, have I? Yes, giving is a, giving is a spiritual discipline as well. I'll just put that out there. Um, and I guess, I guess Jesus' primary motivation in this passage in, in Matthew is to remove the Pharisee-type attitude from, from what is a good thing. There's, it, was, it was common in Jesus' day for, for fasting to occur, obviously, on the bigger events like the Day of Atonement. But, but also, like, people, were, people were just known to up and leave their house, go sit under a tree somewhere for a, for a day and pray and fast. That, that's, that, that's a normal thing. But what happened over time is that, is that some religious people got hold of that and they started adding rules to it and this is how it's got to be done. And I think what Jesus is, is, is talking about is that this, that this good thing gets hijacked by some stuff that was, stuff that was, it was never meant to be. And Jesus is, Jesus is clearly saying here that the outward appearance of, of you fasting is not important. The, it's, it's the inner attitude that matters. It's, it's pretty clear from the passage that that, that fasting was never intended to be something that you just intentionally tell everyone you're doing or you publicise. That, that, that is not what this is about. And next Sunday, we, we actually have a, a, a National Day of Prayer and Fasting, which, which, which is a great event over at Enjoy at 10 o'clock. It's only, it's only two hours. Maybe we should go longer than that, but I'll, I'll talk to them about that. That... I found the website was really interesting. The National Day of Prayer one was really interesting. It, it talked about guidelines for fasting, like skipping one meal a week instead of skipping them all, like doing the Daniel thing and going vegetables for a week. Or just, so, so I guess the, ver- the variations of how you can fast are entirely open to you because it is something between you and God. 
but it's meant to be, I guess, I guess that deeply personal time where, where, that, where that intentional act is on dependence on God and not, not so much on us. And we shouldn't... We, it probably goes without saying, but let me just say it anyway. It, we don't fast to somehow blackmail God into our way of thinking. We don't fast to sort, of, to sort of convince God that maybe he's got his plans wrong and ours are better and maybe he should come around to our, to our way of... That, that's not how fasting works. We, we, we fast because we want to come closer to him. We, we want to understand the world the way he sees it. We want to see people the way he does. We want to see our church the way he does. We want to see our world and, and, and our family and everything else with his eyes and not ours. That's, that's why fasting is an important thing. Um, fasting prepares us for significant challenges. I, 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 this is probably, I guess, there's a, there's a whole different range of, of things here. But the, pa- the passage before was... Um, we had the one in Acts where the church fast and pray and they send out Paul and Barnabas. But, but Jesus does it well. Jesus does it as well. He, he begins his very ministry with fasting and in preparation for maybe one of the most significant battles he's ever going to face. The, the first couple of verses of Luke 4 were interesting. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days, he ate nothing all that time. Why? I've got to be honest with you and tell you that I've never noticed that before. I just assumed that maybe he went without for, for a reason. But Jesus is already filled with, he, he's already filled with the Holy Spirit. He's, he is given God's Spirit and God's power and at a moment where I... I I, th- I think he senses what's going on is that there's a moment here of significant challenge. There's a moment on the horizon or, right up, or, 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 or I'm right in the middle of it where I have a significant challenge right in front of me. In essence, I think, that, I think, I think this is where Jesus says, you know what, I, I, I absolutely need the fullness of God's awareness to be able to, to, to walk into this thing knowing that only he can... He can bring it about. Uh, I guess the problem here is we, 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 obviously, we, often, we often don't know when the cyclone's coming, do we? You, you maybe get a, a, little bit of, a little bit of a notice of a, of a really, really big storm, but many of the normal storms in life, we just don't know when they're coming. They just happen with a phone call, or they just happen all that sort of, all that sort of way. And I guess there's a... So there's, so there's always going to be a, a little bit of a balance here to be found, but I guess that... There are times in life where for, where for many of us, we, we know there's change coming, right? We, we can sense that there is significant change on the horizon personally or, or maybe even wider than that. It, it could be financial. It could be kids moving from home. It could be, um, you know, like maybe, maybe there's, a, a, there's, a, there's a move to another house on the, on the horizon, Maybe it's aging and the next season of life just doesn't look as clear as the last one did. Maybe it's, maybe it's studying. There was a thing in Brisbane's Courier-Mail last week about the, the, uh, uh, apparently up to 20% of people have changed jobs in the last two years. So we are in a, we, we are in a season of significant change. And I guess the, you know, it's, it's always difficult to know when these, when these moments are coming, but... 
the answer can't be, I'll just work harder and try different things and I'll find some more ways of doing stuff. And if it works, then the, the, if it works and I feel good about it, then I'll just proclaim it's God's will and I'll, uh, and I'll be happy. That, that's, fasting, is, fasting is completely different. It's the idea that, you know what, I've, it's, it's not a moment to try harder, it's a moment to go deeper. And all these things, all these spiritual disciplines are not a matter of doing, they are a matter of being so far. And can I just say that maybe, you know, fasting is one of the ways we do that. Now, by the, let's, just, let's just call it, we're always talking about imitating Jesus. Now, I find it really, really interesting here that at the key moment of his life, Jesus' deepest hunger comes out and his deepest hunger is to do whatever, whatever his father wants. That's why the third point I've written here is practices like fasting reveal our deepest hunger. Um, there's not a lot of laughs in this sermon, I'm sorry. <laughs> there's no, sto- no stories or, or any sort of fun with this one. It's just, this is just blunt. I, anyway, um, although I do, I do digress. When, when, I, when on Friday, uh, when I was here talking to the staff about, um, you know, I guess the question, what, what is it that you're hungry for? There was a staff member who fortunately is not here this morning whose answer was McDonald's cheeseburgers. But that's another story. Um, there... There was one sentence in, in Foster's book that really got me. And I'm sure if you're reading along, it got you as well. Uh, it, it says this. Fasting reveals the things that control us. Ouch. Fasting reveals the things that control us. When we start talking about things like fasting, what we're, what, we're, what we're drilling down into is some very, very deep soul questions about what is it that you are really hungry for. I was, I was reading an article during the week from, a, from a, um, the Banyans, which is a Christian-based uh, wellness place, place up, in, up in Brisbane where I've got a, a good friend of mine who works. Uh, they, they've been tracking, I guess, all the, all the significant challenges around you know, COVID and, and, and I guess some of the... The changes and impacts to life and routines and all that sort of stuff caused by a pandemic. Um, the, the article said that as Australians have increasingly turned, at least in the short term, to coping and addictive mechanisms to, to get through, to, to manage stress and, and pressure. Some of the early indicators inclu- included a two-thirds percent rise in online gambling, increased alcohol abuse, prescription medicine abuse, Online shopping as a, as a means of reducing the tension. Um, by the way, if you go back over, I guess, history, th- this, is, this, is not a re- this is not a crazy idea. If you go back to 9-11, or you go back to the bushfires, or you go back to other significant, uh, ev- I guess, events in our nation's history, the same thing happened here. It, it just happens again and again and again. But this article went, went a little bit further. It said that we now have a, a much higher digital footprint. We now have a growing, um, sorry, increased sales of larger TVs, a growing addiction to digital screens, a growing inward-looking and not outward-looking, and maybe even, maybe even in many respects, a fear of reconnecting. 
I'm just reading the article. I'm not having it. I'm not talking to anyone in particular. Okay. The, the, the pandemic has forced us all, hasn't it, to, to create new habits. We've, we've all created new habits regardless of whether we'd like to or whether we've meant to or not. It, it, it has happened. And some of them are good and some of them are not so good. That, that's just, that's just where, where it's at. And I shared, I shared last week about some of those gospel-centered values that came out of that passage about prayer. Humility, selflessness, that, that desire to go the extra mile for somebody else, that all of that stuff. And I, and I guess the reason I, I still have those things running around in my head, and, and those things are the core habits of Jesus. Humility and a desire to serve and a desire to be and, and just stand alongside next to somebody. And I guess the pandemic, in, in many respects, with extended lockdowns and everything else, is a really, really unique period but, but, it is, but it is one of those ones where, where when we create new habits, I guess it's very easy to create new habits and put those gospel things on the back seat. It's very, very easy to create new habits that maybe seem to be good and are coping mechanisms, but those gospel things just go out the window a little bit. There's no easy way to say some of this stuff. It's just, it's just what it is. And I guess the reason I, I, the reason I, I share this with you is simply I'm, I'm just interested and, and somewhat concerned over, over the years to come about to, just, just to know what the ongoing fruits of the gospel out of this season will be. Whether, whether it will be people going further and deeper into themselves, which is a, which is a path to nowhere, or it's going to be a, you know, a path going deeper with God. And I guess that's why, that's why practices like fasting are so powerful because they help us break the patterns that control us. They, they help us break the things that, that keep us locked up. They, they help us identify the things that we spend our time doing and the things that we're really hungry for. And they tend to point out the things that get in the way of God or maybe we're already full of. There was, a, there was a lot of really good quotes that I had in this sermon, and I, I just left one at the end. Uh, Philip Brooks was a Puritan scholar, and I really, like, I really like this. He said, On each side of the lives of men and women who were always growing with God are strewn with things that they have learnt to do without. I, I'm all for I'm all for you know um, giving you an attaboy or a, or, a, or a something exciting about about God sometimes, and I'll, I'll always try to do that. But I think there are moments where God just extends us a real challenge. Like there are moments where God just has a go at us, and and he and he pulls out his word and he says, "I want you to deeply consider what I'm what I, what I'm talking about here. About what is it that you are really." hungry for is it for more of his presence is it for more of his power is it for more of his purposes or is it for or is it for something else 
What are the things in your life that have become the new habits or the new normal that God invites you to put aside so you can embrace more of Him? And the answer probably for, for one of you is very, very different from the person next to you. Each, each, this is, there's not too much corporate thing going on with this one. This is a very individual one. The answer for the things that maybe you need to remove in your life are, are very, very different from the person next to you. But the answer to the question about what you need most to fill your life with, it's Jesus. That's all I've got. It's Jesus. My, my mind goes back to that, you know, we did that, that, that series in Colossians last year. There's that, there's that verse in Colossians 2.10 that's, that's, that says something along the lines of, in him you are complete. He's all you need. He's all you need. More of him's all you need. I guess the question that all of us have got to think about and as we, you know, I guess we just think about fasting, is more, more of him is exactly what he offers. The question is, what are we hungry for? I'd be really happy to leave this with a smiling moment and a happy moment, but there's no way of removing the weight of that. So I'm just going to leave it with you. Let's pray. Lord, some of your messages sometimes make us and they hit us like a ton of bricks. There's just no other way to say it. But God, I thank you that the heart of Jesus is to never turn us away. The heart of Jesus is to always welcome us with open arms regardless of how much we've messed up. The heart of Jesus is is to always welcome us and invite us back regardless of how much we've run. And Lord, I just pray for the people today, maybe, you know, myself in different places. God, that we've, we have maybe created unhealthy habits in this season. God, where, we, where, where maybe our lives are full of other good things, but they're not God things. Lord, just, um, just praying, for the, God, for the people who are here this morning and the people watching online and, and God, for all of us, just, I, I guess, to, to run to you instead of running further and deeper into ourselves. Lord, thank you that the cross is that signal and that sign that there's never, so, never something so deep and so bad that it can't be redeemed. And so, Lord, this morning I pray that instead you might welcome us with open arms and that you, that you might reach out to, your, to, to with us, um, Lord God, to your, with your hands of love. Lord, I pray today that just the, I guess, things like fasting are an invitation to leave the burden at your feet. And so, God, I want to pray this morning that, that, that we as your church would take your word seriously. We'd actually, we'd actually want to sit there and let those difficult questions stew on us. We ask that you might give us wisdom about how we respond and the things we choose to do from this point. 
in Jesus' name. Amen.